0: Hello, everyone, and thank you so much for tuning into this show today. It is July the twenty sixth, twenty twenty, and the last time I actually did a show was July eighth. I'm borrowing some equipment to do this show, folks. Then I'm saying to the Lord, "What am I missing here, Lord? I need help. I cannot get the things I need with lack of resources. I know other ministries that they are doing very well." You know, for a long time, I've, I've said to the Lord, I just don't understand this fully. I'm out here serving you, not to win a popularity contest, because you don't placate a lot of people when you have a boldness. I'm not out there to appease the world. I work for you, Lord. I'm doing full gospel ministry, spiritual warfare, equipping the ecclesia, exposing the enemy. I'm getting pounded out here by the enemy on the front line, and I've been really praying about this for, I think, really a long time, and I've been lately taking this to the Lord and, and asking him, how do I approach this Lord? I don't understand with the amount of people that are eating the meat of this ministry, why the support is such a small percentage. I just do not understand. Lord, what am I missing here? And ironically, the demand on this ministry has been tremendous. And so as I said to the people on the 8th of July, listen, this is not a one-man ministry anymore. And in order to do what I really need for the Lord, I need help. I need equipment. I need resources. I need a couple of people to assist me. Right now, I'm using someone else's system to do this show. You know, I have a goal in mind that I felt is really conservatively reasonable of 100,000 to continue to the end of the year for what I need to do for the next six months. And I really thought I could reach that goal by the end of July. But it's looking like that's going to take longer than I thought. You know, we've got a lot of mail. A lot of people have been giving right now in this time. And listen, those that are giving on a regular basis, making a monthly commitment, I really want to give you a thank you. I really appreciate it. And I know for some of you, maybe these, these small gifts coming in, maybe that's all you can do. And I thank you for making that sacrifice. But I have costs. And in order to do this the way I need, these costs are just more than that. So I'm appealing to those of you out there that maybe you've been given for a while and you have the ability to give more and you haven't considered that. Would you please pray about that and consider upping your commitment? And some of you listening, you haven't made a commitment to give anything. And I'm really appealing to those. I need your help because I can't do this alone. And it shouldn't really have to fall on just a few people. Those of you who can do a substantial amount, would you please pray about giving a substantial monthly commitment so we can keep this very important ministry going. Otherwise, folks, if I'm not able to reach this higher mark, I'm just not going to be able to continue. And I know you want it to continue. I know you're being blessed by this ministry, and I know you know how many others are being blessed by this ministry. So will you come on board? Those of you have been listening for a long time now and have not supported financially, will you now, please? And those giving sporadically, would you come on board now? Would you be a part of my team? Would you help me do this? You know, I don't want to suspend this program, folks. But if I can't get enough to help me, then unfortunately, I have no choice. And I know you do not want that. I don't want that. So please, I'm making an appeal. Will you please help me continue? Will you go right now over to my website, SheilaZelinski.com? On the menu there, you'll see there's a giving page. There are a variety of ways to donate. We've made it super convenient with many ways. So please help give now. You know, I was taking this, as you know, in prayer, and I had a conversation with my very good friend, Dr. Danny Moreno. And, you know, he's a man I trust. And I can really, you know, just bear my heart and say, listen, I, I just, I need you to stand and pray with me on something. And can you help me understand when things just don't make sense? Sometimes we need to, you know, bounce it off another Christian. And so we had a conversation, and I just felt in my spirit so strongly that some of the things he was saying, it wasn't just me who needed to hear that because you know what guys there are very few bold men of God in this world that I know and I can assure you this man is the real deal. Many times on the phone he's given me advice and he's prayed with me and I know that he hears from the Lord and is a powerful minister and today I asked him to come on just to have some straight talk. I think this is going to be amazing and it's really My pleasure, guys, to bring him back on the program. Danny Moreno, welcome back. It is really good to have you come on.
1: Thank you, Sheila. It's great to be with you. I'm looking forward to a wonderful discussion and a powerful time of the Holy Spirit moving.
0: Well, one of the questions that I asked you on the phone, and you actually talk about Satan's scale. And I thought this was really interesting, because when I said to you, Danny, I just cannot wrap my head around why all these ministries, they have millions of dollars coming in. But yet, I know for me, it's just been a constant battle. It's been a constant struggle. And you know, you said some things that were really interesting to me in my quest to understand this a little better that people that are doing actual full gospel, which it's very difficult to find somebody doing spiritual warfare, equipping the ecclesia, doing deliverance, salvation, healing, Mark 16, 17, Matthew 10, 8 ministry. And as we were developing this, I think you just, you really astutely touched on some points. So I'd like you to just talk about this. You know, it makes sense, I guess, if you're pushing the world's agenda that you're going to tap into the worldly resources, but it is really a challenge for me, I know personally. Help me understand this a little bit better, Danny.
1: I've been preaching this for a long time, and I think that the Bible speaks. very clearly on this and i think our master jesus of nazareth spoke very clear on this and i think that the false gospel being propagated especially in the united states of apostasy and heresy for the last 40 or 50 years has brought in seducing spirits and doctrines of demons and they manifest themselves in worldly ideals, worldly values, worldly definitions of things, and worldly measurements of things like success, prosperity. Increase, abundance, all these words that have been sported irresponsibly in my experience, in my opinion, by false teachers preaching a false gospel, preaching a false Jesus in the false institution uh, pretending to represent the ecclesia. The body of Christ, the gathering together of the called out ones called the church, the kieka, pharmakia, the whore who rides the beast, you know, the the queen of Babylon, the queen of heaven. We've spoken many, many things about this. It's a false representation of who Christ is. It's a false representation of what the kingdom of God is. It's a false representation of what the kingdom of God and the Godhead uh, value what their goals are, how they measure things. And what I've seen is that the enemy, the evil spirits, the fallen angels, and the demons, that's why scripture says, in the latter times, men shall depart from the faith and give heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of demons. Seducing spirits and doctrines of demons have invaded this false institution that is said to represent Jesus of Nazareth and the gospel of the kingdom, but it does not overall. It has taken on the world's values and the world's ideals and the world's measurement of things. For instance, when you bring up the issue of doing well, okay, Uh, these people appear to, to be succeeding. They appear to be prospering. They appear to be doing well. Who is causing them to do well and by what standard Okay, who is funding their false ministries? Who is funding their false gospel? The scripture says very clearly in the Psalms already, it says, do not be envious or jealous of evildoers when they appear to be prospering in their wickedness. These false teachers are espousing the values of the world the ideals of the world, they may uh, put a veneer of Christianese on it to deceive, in order to deceive. And the scripture says they're probably deceived as well. In the last days, men shall go on deceiving and being deceived because these seducing spirits seduce them first and bring their doctrines, the demons bring their doctrines through these false teachers. They may very well believe the lies that Satan has sold them, Uh, And believe that this measurement is coming from this Gnostic, false, worldly Jesus that they've created in their image, regardless whether they believe it or not or whether they're actually Satanists in disguise and Illuminists in disguise, Freemasons in disguise, Luciferians in disguise. And they know what they're doing, and they're willing to come into league with Satan in order to have this prosperity. This is their mission in the Satanic Church: is to deceive the Christians. Satanists are sent out with missions, just like Christians receive their callings. Okay, true disciples of Christ receive their callings to go and heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out devils, preach the gospel, teach the scriptures, so on and so forth. Well, guess what? In the Church of Satan, they all also have callings from the evil one, and they're given different positions of great influence within society. And this goes to your seven mountains, okay, your dominion theology. Satan has uh, his mountains that he wants to rule over, and guess what? Religion is a very big summit. Uh, of the mountains there. It's one of the very big mountains. It's, it's probably the most influential mountain. In fact, when we look at the book of Revelation, it tells us that it's the means and the vehicle of religion that actually causes the world to worship the dragon and pay homage to the beast, and take his mark, and damn their souls. It says in Revelation 13 that it was the false prophet. This is a religious figure. And in my opinion, as I always say to people, who were the scriptures written to? The scriptures were not written to the heathen. They were not written to the unregenerate lost people out in the world. The scriptures were written to those who went to assemblies that were Christian assemblies. And Jesus was warning these Christians. He wasn't warning the world. He was warning these Christians that there was going to be a false bride, the whore of Babylon. There was going to be a false prophet. And he said, this false prophet is the one who gives the breath of life to the image of the beast and causes it to speak. And demand that everyone take the mark of this beast or, or be killed, okay? So religion is the engine. You know, everyone's so caught up in these politics and, and you know, Trump this and Trump that and Biden and, you know, uh, the Democrats and the Republicans. And in other countries, they have different designations. People so caught up in the world powers. But scripture actually tells us that it's this vehicle, the kieka, the sorceress, called religion, and I believe in particular, the Christian religion, what we we call Christianity, that will be the vehicle, the false representation of Christ on the earth, will be the vehicle to suck people into this great deception. And many people who believe that they are worshiping Jesus will take this mark. And will give honor to this beast because this false prophet through this false Christian system will deceive them. It comes down to values and ideals. Going back to your question. What is success? Huh? What is it? What is Jesus's success? I'm dealing with a lot of kickback from supposed Christians, okay, that want to talk about love. They want to talk about, you know, these different terms. But they have a worldly definition of these terms, worldly definition of success. What does the Bible say success is? What does Jesus say success is? And what are the examples in the scripture of Jesus himself and those who immediately followed his model of life? What su- success did they meet with? Did they meet with the success that, that Christians are striving after today? and that wolves in sheep's clothing, prosperity preachers, and best life now gurus and so are preaching? Is that the success that we see in the book of Acts, for instance? Or do we see a different type of success according to God's definition? The same with love. Love today, even for most Christians and pastors in churches, has been transformed into the absolute tolerance of evil and wickedness. It's not being willing to lay down your life for your brother, even if it costs you your own. No, it's about self-gratification. It's about this worldly success. And the measurement of success for today's Christian is the same measurement that Satan has given the world for success, to have a lot of money, for everyone to like you, to be famous, to have ease of life, to uh, be have a life full of pleasure, and, you know, here's the word of the day, happiness, you know, happiness is, God wants us to be happy, this is, now, there's no such word in all of scripture, it doesn't exist, this is a modern English word, it's not in the scriptures, happiness or happy, this is a heresy. This is an apostasy. Jesus said, I I will give you fullness of joy. But again, what is Jesus's definition of joy? When he said, I've come that you may have life and life in all his abundance. Was he talking about material things? Was he talking about the wealth of this world? Was he talking about powwowing and rubbing shoulders with Satanists and Illuminists and uh, Freemasons who run these seven mountains? Of media and medicine and education and politics and religion and so on and so forth. Is this what he was talking about when he talked about I give you my life and give you abundance? What about the word peace? People right now are looking for peace. They're scared to death. We've got animals out on the on the streets under this fake racist scam that's going on that a bunch of a bunch of rich white Illuminists are actually funding. They even sent out initially as the leaders to get these riots and everything going. White people to the point where blacks have gotten upset with them and said, get the hell out of our neighborhood. What are you doing here? Inspiring our people to destroy our own neighborhoods. Get out of here. We don't need your help. Okay. It's a scam people. It's a doctrine of demons and it's seducing spirits. People are losing their minds. There's a spirit of violence that's been unleashed where people are beating each other in public venues. In airports, in supermarkets, in parking lots, getting physical, beating each other, driving each other over with their cars. I mean, this is insanity. So people are full of fear and they lack peace. But again, the word peace, what's the definition of peace? Jesus said, my peace I leave with you. Listen to the words now. Not as the world gives. I leave my peace with What is Satan's fake version of peace? The temporary calming of outward circumstances. The appearance of no war, of no plague, of no conflict. That's the world's version of peace prosperity. What's the world's version of prosperity? Everybody's got a lot of money. Everyone's got big lines of credit so they can run around irresponsibly and indulge the wicked base nature of their flesh. Okay. Is this the peace and the success and the prosperity that the scriptures teach? Well, if so, how come the apostles were not living this? And I know we've had blasphemous heretics in the charismatic church, Uh, Coming in with, I mean, just blatant demonic lies about Jesus being rich and the robe that he was wearing was a rich robe and he was distinguished by that rich robe. Well, you know what, moron, that wasn't his robe. They mocked him. The king threw that robe on him. It was the worldly king's robe. These people have gone to the level of retarded when it comes to reading scriptures because mainly they don't read it. So these hucksters, these charlatans, these wolves in sheep's clothing, these demons coming in teaching in this false institution called the church can pass by any type of Jim Jones Kool-Aid and the people will drink it. Because they have no word inside of them. There is a famine of the real word of God in the land. So getting back to your initial question, it's about definitions, Sheila. So, you know, when you said that to me, well, how come these people in the world or these fake pastors, I'll call them what they really are, these fake pastors and these false prophets of the God Baal posing as Christian leaders in this church... How come they're doing so well? Well, they're doing well according to the world's scale, according to Satan's scale of measurement, and he is prospering them. And the evil people, yes, I will say it straight out, the wicked generation, for the scripture also says in 2 Timothy chapter 4, and in the last days, men will no longer to be able to endure sound doctrine or teaching sound teaching and doctrine. What is that? The teaching of the real word of God, the Bible. They will not be able to endure it. It doesn't even say, Sheila, they don't care for it. (laughs) They don't like it. It says they can't even endure it. That means they stick their fingers in their ear and stick their tongue out. Just like that satanic symbol that you see Satan is doing. This is what Christians are doing today. They're sticking their fingers in their ears and they're sticking their tongue out and they're saying, we don't want to hear what the Bible really says. We hate the red letters. We want to make up a Jesus of our own device and, and put our words in his mouth. Well, we don't want to hear what he actually said in the gospel, and we don't want to hear what the apostles said in their letters in the New Testament. So the scripture says, they will not endure sound doctrine. Having itching ears, they will heap to themselves after a great number, false teachers who will reinforce the errors they already hold. So this is what we're dealing with. So we're not just blaming the false teachers. I want you professing believers out there to hear. And, and Titus says that uh, you know there are there is a people that have a form of godliness but deny the power thereof. They profess a faith. In Christ, but they deny Him in the way they live. Is that not a description of our day today? It absolutely is. So that's at the root of the problem, Sheila, is that the teaching that's going on and has been going on in this false church for the last few decades at least has not been Christian teaching has not been sound doctrine. It has been the tenets and the principles of the church of Satan, okay? I'm gonna say something bold, and your listeners, you might get a bunch of emails, well, whoop-dee-doo, I'm gonna say it, okay? Most Christians today, most practicing Christians and their Christian leaders in the church by the way that they teach and the way they behave are not Christians, but are, in fact, satanists why what? what do you mean what? how could you say that i'll tell you how i can say it the church of satan and the satanic bible has a chief commandment just as jesus had his two-part chief commandment. jesus said i tell you that all the law and the prophets are summed up in these two commands that i give you love the lord your god with all your heart mind soul and strength and love your neighbor as you love yourself okay The commandment of Satan, according to Aleister Crowley, passed down to Anton LaVey, who actually penned the Satanic Bible. Here is the commandment of Satan. Do what thou wilt, for this is the whole of the law. Modern translation, do what you want. Pursue what you desire. Do everything you can to get what you want. Perform your own self-centered will at all costs. This is the whole of the law of Satan. Okay, well, let's look at some of this false teaching. What's it all about? I am this. I am that. Some of these blasphemers, they even say, where I see God say I am, well, I say I am too. You're a blasphemer. You're an apostate. You're a voice of Satan and the other jerk there with his book. I am this and I am that. First of all, I am, when it's written in the Bible, is the name Yahweh. Jesus said, before Abraham was, I am. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but through me. He was saying before Abraham was and pointing to himself, Yahweh, the way, the truth, and the life. When Moses asked for a name to tell the people for the God that was sending him to deliver them from the bondage of slavery under Egypt, God said, tell them i am has sent you for watch this here's the father and the son i am that i am so that's the name of god so these blasphemers these apostates these heretics that have no fear of this Jesus that everyone says they're worshiping and serving, have no fear to take the name of the living God into their lips and apply it to themselves. And they are practicing the religion of Satanism. Everyone thinks the religion of Satanism is worshiping Satan. No such thing. The religion of Satanism is the heart of Satan, the example of Satan. What is it? Well, Satan said, I will exalt my throne above the heavens. I will sit in the highest places in the Most High. I will be like the Most High. Five declarations he made. I will. What is the whole of the satanic law? Do what thou wilt. Perform your will. This is the whole of the satanic law. Just like Christianity should be, the true Christian faith should be, We are supposed to imitate him. We are supposed to follow him and imitate him. Well, the same for Satanists. They follow and imitate their God. They don't just worship Satan. They practice his religion, which is to worship themselves and to exalt their will above all. And this is what most Christian teaching that is going on in the modern church is espousing. So therefore... They are actually Satanists. They claim to be Christians, but what they're practicing is Satanism, which we've talked about many times when I've come on this program. Where is your kingdom? Who is your king and where is your kingdom? Well, if we look at the way these Christian Satanists live, it's very clear that their kingdom Is of this earth because through these satanic principles, which Satan has deceived them into believing are, you know, word of faith principles, prosperity principles, kingdom living principles, whatever, they are seeking the things of this world. Uh, You know, quasi occultists, Christian scientists, the theosophists, which go or are ultimately linked. To the occult. E.W. Kenyon, Kenneth Hagan, it's been proven. In fact, to the point where the, the daughter of E.W. Kenyon had brought lawsuit against Kenneth Hagan because he literally lifted paragraphs, portions from her father's book and put them in his book. I mean, almost word for word. And the most blasphemous thing about it is that some of these quotes he attributed to visitations with Jesus. How heretical and abominable is that to steal someone else's writing? Who, you know, his leanings were Christian Scientists. He flirted with Christian Science. He he attended a new what we would call a New Age school today of Theosophy. Uh, this came from you know. Occultists ultimately came from the influences of occultists like Helena Blavatsky and so on that were teaching occult principles, okay? The law of attraction is an occult principle. This is not a biblical or, or Christian practice. But this was transformed, as the scripture says, don't be surprised, don't marvel, for Satan transforms himself into an angel of light. And if Satan does that, will not his ministers transform themselves into the image of ministers of righteousness? And, you know, you can argue with me all day long about did they start off well and go, and go off. It doesn't matter if they started off well and went off or if Satan planted them in there from the beginning. It really doesn't matter. What, you know, the scripture says the end of a thing speaks much stronger than its beginning. That's in the Proverbs. It doesn't really matter. The, the bottom line is they brought in, as the New Testament letters say, damnable heresies. Okay, and these heresies, which took the focus away. Listen to me well, Christians, and listen to me well, pastors. It took the focus away from the coming kingdom, from our inheritance being in the coming kingdom, from us experiencing the abundance of life, the riches of heaven, the eternal riches uh, that Paul talks about so much that have true value. As Jesus said, you know, do not uh, gather up and store up riches on the earth where thieves can steal them and moths can corrupt them, but store up your treasures in heaven where neither thieves can steal nor moths can corrupt and so on and so forth. So many things that Jesus said about this. Jesus is not in agreement with this modern false prosperity teaching. Absolutely not. Go read the red letters people. Stop listening to these oracles of Satan, okay? These fake Wall Street wannabes with a pastor tag on their on their jacket or their jeans, okay, and muscle shirts, however they come on the platform, stop listening to their lies and go and read the red letters. What does Jesus say? Take no he doesn't say, don't put too much thought into it. Don't spend too much time thinking about this. He says, take no thought for your life, what you shall eat, what you shall drink, what you shall put on to wear. For the heathen, the sinners are consumed with these things. What has dominated prosperity teaching, so to speak, the word of faith teaching, or whatever you want to call it, for the last 40 years? What has characterized it? Keys, principles, prescriptions, formulas, steps, systems to procure for yourself the things that Jesus said you should be taking no thought for. How does that match? Jesus starts off the New Testament. He doesn't say this at the end of the Gospel of John, the fourth Gospel. He says it in the sixth chapter of the first Gospel, Matthew. He gives this whole speech. About where our heads should be and our hearts should be when it comes to provision and then prosperity, when God blesses beyond what we just need. He tells us clearly. And what else does he say? Tell us not to be consumed with, okay? All you political people out there that are so caught up with November, so caught up with the future of your country. Okay, and you are supporting your president because you want to have a future, a tomorrow for yourself on this earth, in this nation that you love for your children and for your grandchildren. Well, that all sounds noble. If I was in a Trump rally right now or some other political platform, I'd get a standing ovation for talking that worldly nonsense. But you know what? It doesn't match up with the word of God. Jesus says, take no thought for tomorrow, for tomorrow will take care of itself. For sufficient unto today is the evil thereof. Well, we've been witnessing and experiencing that lately, haven't we, Sheila? For the first time uh, in a long, long time, the United States of America has been experiencing evil that is clearly beyond human origin. But people are concerned with tomorrow. Why are they concerned with tomorrow? Because they look at this world as their home, right? They see this world as their home. This is their kingdom. America is their kingdom. It's their nation. Trump, or whoever's standing there after November, is their president. Okay, well, again, that sounds good. But what does the Bible say about it? The Bible said, Jesus himself said to Pilate, When Pilate asked him, because he was being accused of saying he was the king of Israel, right? He said, so are you the king of the Jews? Are you a king of an earthly nation? And Jesus said, you have said it. I am a king, but my kingdom is not of this world. Therefore, listen to me well, you Republican right wing gunslinging flag." Wave and make America great again. Bring America back to God. America is God's uh, nation. On and on. Listen to me well, people. Jesus said to Pilate, you have said right, I am a king, but my kingdom is not of this world. Now listen to this part. For if my kingdom were of this world, I would tell my servants to fight for me. But he said, you will see the eternal son of man, coming on the clouds with the holy angels and with all glory. So Hebrews 11 tells us clearly that we are citizens of heaven, that we are to see ourselves as aliens, as exiles, as pilgrims, as strangers, as mere travelers or sojourners in the earth, that this earth is not our home, that our home is in the kingdom of God. And this is a spiritual kingdom. First Peter chapter two, we are a spiritual house, a peculiar people, listen to this, a consecrated and holy nation. So who is this nation? Well, it's the invisible nation. It's the spiritual nation. We are a spiritual house. We are being built up into a spiritual house. This is what the scriptures say. We are a holy nation. Listen to this now, okay, you BLM sympathizers and you fake Christians who still have your identity in the things of the flesh. I'm a white man, I'm a black man, I'm a Mexican, I'm a Hispanic, I'm a this, I'm a that. The black church, the white church, the Hispanic church, the Asian church, okay, you put your trust in those things. But what does first Peter chapter two say about us? It says we are a chosen race. Huh? Again, where are God's people? God's people are all scattered throughout all the earth. So how can it be talking about a human race, a human genetic race of people? It's not. It tells us in the other part of that scripture, that we are a spiritual house. This is a spiritual race. What does Revelation 18.4, what does the angel say? Babylon, Babylon is fallen. Come out of her, my people, and be not partakers of her sins and receive, listen to me, you COVID-19 worshipers. I'll call you what you are. You coronavirus, mask-loving, worshiping Christians. You should be ashamed of yourselves. What does the scripture say? What does the angel say? Come out of her, my people, and be not partakers of her sins. Listen to this last part now. And receive not of her plagues. So many are receiving plagues of her plagues because they have not come out of her who's her again i tell you the whore of babylon the false bride of christ on the earth the kieka in greek and latin translated pharmakia many of you are familiar with that the greek goddess pharmakia who has a cup of poison and witchcraft and bewitches the kings of the earth sounds familiar Revelation 17, that's what the whore who rides the beast does with the kings of the earth. She bewitches the kings of the earth, and they follow her. Huh? Why does everyone, including casino man, okay, why do they have to go over and kiss the Pope's ring in order to begin their reign as president of the United States or any other kingdom on this earth? Because the whore who rides the beast must be given homage the image of the beast so i'm giving you a lot of stuff there i don't want to go all all over the place but people wake up you say you're a christian look up that word and find out what it means little christ disciple of christ is that what you are or are you a disciple of donald trump or are you a disciple of the blm movement or are you a disciple of social distancing I mean, you idiots are acting like this is biblical mandate, like this is doctrine. I'll tell you, it is doctrine, doctrines of demons, seducing spirits and doctrines of demons. That's what social distancing is. That's what mask wearing is. That mass that you, some of you are getting false authority from, you're walking around like some of the Jews that were recruited in the concentration camps to throw their fellow Jews into the ovens, they were given a little bit of authority and they became total traitors. Some of you have become traitors like that. With your own brothers and sisters in Christ, supposedly, you're walking around with this mask on your face, and because you can't breathe now, and because you can't talk and someone can understand what you're saying, because you've got that stupid cloth in front of your mouth, you think you have authority, and you're acting like an authority, and persecuting people, and betraying your own brothers and sisters, and your own neighbors, huh? turning them over, saying, I'll call the authorities on you. I'll have you arrested because you're not wearing a mask. Yeah. Have you looked into that mask? Have you really studied that mask? First of all, when are they going to bring out a medical study, a legitimate medical study that, pr- that proves that wearing that mask, ridiculous mask or putting a biker bandana across your mouth keeps contagions from infecting you. It's a scam. These people have been conditioned. They have been prepared for the reign of the beast and you know, being associated with me, you hear what I'm preaching. I'm not some sissy prosperity preacher. I'm not some political intel junkie to come on you and give you a prophecy about Trump. Okay, I'm preaching the straight on gospel of Jesus and for Sheila to align herself with me has been a very risky proposition and she's done it numerous times. I will just say from a personal testimony that this ministry that the Holy Spirit has given Sheila, has been such a blessing and such a support system. How many times? Numerous times. Sheila has stepped up to the plate, and she's also got on here and pleaded for the people to get behind my ministry. She's authenticated me and confirmed that I should be full-time doing the Lord's work and not have to be distracted by a secular occupation because people don't want to give to support real ministry. She put her, her own ministry on the line with that. She stood with me and reaching out to the Countries that we go to that have many of the people have never even heard the gospel once. Uh, in India, in Pakistan, in Nepal, in many places, we're reaching out now to to places that are truly persecuted. You're not allowed to be a Christian there of any of any nature. And she stood with me on that, and she's allowed that money also. That. Her precious people, the few people that really love, apparently love Jesus and love love the gospel that heard the appeal and gave thousands of dollars, I would say tens of thousands of dollars toward my missions to go and preach the gospel where it hasn't been preached and also to train pastors and leaders uh, and raise up ecclesias, what you people still call churches, okay, assemblies of Christ. Um, and she has done this at, at the risk of her own. And she did not run it through the filter of her own ministry first and skim something off the top. She didn't take a commission. So I just want to say that, you know, what she's doing and she's given many men and women a platform through her program over the years. I've known her since 2014 and she's given many men and women of God and even people that, uh, I don't believe our men and women of God, she has given people a platform and many people have prospered and been blessed through her broadcast. So I just want to appeal to you people. And God is honing her and God is maturing her and God is focusing her. And I'm sure those of you that have been following her have been watching that her program and her message is becoming more and more focused all the time on Christ and Christ alone and the Lord has shown her to let go of other battles that are not ours and i believe that she's losing some listeners and some support for that because we have a church that's full of mixture where people don't know what kingdom they belong to they don't know whether their you know their king is jesus or their king is the president in the united states okay whether their home is in coming millennial kingdom of Christ or their home is in the United States of America. So I just want to appeal to those of you who believe in the gospel and believe in the direction that Sheila is going in to really wholeheartedly and single-mindedly put this ministry out as a vehicle for saving souls and bringing souls to christ for getting souls delivered from demonic bondage getting people healed people receiving the miracles of christ and most importantly in my opinion for people receiving sound doctrine and teaching that they can grow thereby they haven't even sucked at the breast of the sincere milk of the word that they may grow thereby much less moving on to the meat of the word of God. I'm just being straight and honest with all of us. It's time to grow up, people. So I just want to say, I do not want to see Sheila pack it in. I see no reason for her to pack it in. We've spent time off air praying. She's been, you know, going before God and laying everything on the altar and saying, Lord, I want to do your will. I want you to use my ministry and my program As your vehicle to reach your people, and I'm stressing this now, Christ's vehicle to reach Christ's people, the people who really love Christ and want to follow Christ. I'm sure she is going to lose many who want to follow Trump or want to follow the Republicans or want to follow the church and their pastor and, and other Christian movements and so on. No, we're called to follow Christ and we're called to study the scriptures and we're called to be indwelt and filled and led by the Holy Spirit. I just appeal to everyone that will hear this, hear my heart. I fully stand behind Sheila as she has stood behind me, and I confirm her ministry, and I confirm her calling, and I'm praying with her, and I want to support her in any way that I possibly can to keep her ministry going, and... Sheila has, and I hope that this is not out of line, but Sheila has some very challenging personal adjustments that she's making right now as God is leading her into the next stage of her walk. And she really needs the support of the saints. She needs your intercession and prayer. She needs your financial support. She needs your encouragement. This woman, I've never seen a woman speak out so boldly. I mean, this thing she just put out, About the pandemic and the real roots of the coronavirus, the uh, revelation in that teaching and the bold proclamation against the forces of darkness. Don't think there's no kickback for this, people. And are you there? You're getting blessed by it. You're getting the information. You're getting the revelation. You're getting that anointing from that. But are you standing with the sister? When the enemy comes and kicks back and says, oh, really, you want to expose me? You want to tell God's people about what I'm really doing? Okay, I got something for you. People, we need to come together here. But I'm only talking to real Christians. I'm not talking to phonies. I'm not talking to, you know, Rush Limbaugh's who claim that they're Christian. I'm talking about real Christians followers of christ and maybe some of you conservative right-wing republican people will really hear this and understand this and god will speak to your heart tonight and you'll really come to christ and serve christ and his kingdom i'd like to see a rescue and i appeal to you brothers and sisters that have blessed me over the years and the only contact that i had to you was through sheila Zelensky. And you bless me so much to go and do what I need to do. I appeal to you to bless our sister tonight financially and help her uh, get through and get on your knees for her. If you've been blessed by her teachings, if you've been blessed by her presentations, if you've been blessed even by the people that have come on that she's given uh, a platform to minister to you, then support your sister. Uh, Many well-meaning Christians, uh, many Christians who really love the Lord, and love to support ministry, have been sideswiped by the enemy. Through this PSYOP, they've lost their jobs, uh, they've been put in situations where uh, money is tight, and they've also uh, become fearful about holding on to what they have because of what's going on. And I'm not saying that's correct. I'm just saying that's the reality, probably, of what's going on. With all this talk about faith, the question is, are we really living by faith? Do we believe that as we give, God gives back to us? Do we really believe in sowing and reaping? Do we really believe that Jesus said, if we give, it shall be given unto us full measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over? Do we believe, as the Apostle Paul wrote in the letter to the Corinthians, that if we sow abundantly, we shall reap abundantly. But if we sow sparingly, we shall reap sparingly. Do we believe what the word says when we're tested according to the word of God, when things are not easy and we have what we like to call in worldly terms, disposable income, then it shows, it shows our priorities, doesn't it? And I mean, people are shaken, Sheila. And I just want to kind of flip it over for a minute. And I want to say to you, many of you out there, first of all, I want to tell you I love you very much. And Sheila loves you as well. And we're not coming with a message of condemnation for anyone. Uh, we're just shining the light on darkness. Many people are shaken right now by all these things that have happened. We've prophesied that the churches will be shut down. Okay, now. We envisioned it more like a Russian militia or a Chinese militia coming in or the United Nations Army coming in and shutting the churches down with the guns. But like you said, Sheila, not one shot has been fired. We would have never guessed uh, this wile of the devil that he would use this psyop to shut the churches down, to cause Christians and Christian leaders to cower into a corner and shut the doors of the churches, or have the doors open but but be wearing the mask of the beast when they're worshiping and and supposedly preaching God's word who would have who would have envisioned this I believe a big part of this on one side is God's judgment he's been warning about this for years and years and years repent 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 of your idolatry and Christians have not repented of their idolatry and Christian leaders and ministries and churches have not repented of their idolatry so God says okay I'm going to bring the famine. I'm going to bring the sword. I'm going to bring, listen, pestilence. And of course, on the other side of that coin, the devil is being giving, given latitude. He's being given room. The scripture tells us in the book of Revelation that the beast will overcome the saints. Well, we know that that can only happen with God's permission. That's part of God's judgment. Uh, Is the beast, you know, evil being uh, allowed to fulfill itself? The dragon having his last hour. Have we entered into that last hour? I believe it's very plausible that we have. At least we're in the beginning of sorrows. I know that much. So people have been sideswiped. And like the virgins who didn't have oil in their lamps, I believe through this trial and through this test that's going on right now, all over the world, but especially here in the United States of America, where they're scamming numbers more than anywhere else. What a scam. I feel like Al Pacino in Scent of a Woman. What a sham. I'll take a flamethrower to this place. What are you, building a ship for rats? ah. This place is running a scam, people, okay? (laughs) A scam. Other countries who took the same measures that the United States has taken they do not have this elevated number of cases. It's the proportion is is ridiculous. They have a few hundred cases, maybe a thousand cases in the United States of abomination. The numbers are in the tens of thousands. How is that? Something is wrong there. It's a sham people wake up. Okay. But God said, Because they hate the truth, because they hate the gospel, God shall send them strong delusion that they should believe a lie. And that's what I believe is going on in the United States. God has sent them through Satan. Of course, through Satan, God has sent them strong delusion that they should believe a lie. Romans 1, God has turned this society over to a reprobate mind to act like animals, to have the reasoning power of animals, to have no conscience, to have no intelligence, to act like retards. I mean, think about it, people, how debased. How reprobate this is, how devoid of intelligence and wisdom this is, for everyone to be walking around in this SM slave sex slave bondage mask. I mean, come on, people. Open your eyes and look at, at the truth. Well, this is God's judgment. I am convinced of it. And, of course, it's Satan's persecution, you know, and God is allowing for this. How long he's going to allow for it, I don't know. To what extent... I don't know. But this has affected those who claim, huh? And God is is showing up people's colors. He's turned up the heat to bring the dross to the surface. And when the dross is skimmed off the top and thrown away, will will there be any gold underneath? Or is it just wood, hay, and stubble? Is there substance to your Christian faith? Are you living the real word of God? Are you following the real Jesus of Nazareth, the real Messiah, the real Christ? Or are you following a false Christ in a false church system with false doctrines of demons and following seducing spirits? Well, this is God's running it through the filter, man. He's running it through the filter. So A lot of people have backed up on supporting the kingdom of God because at heart, they're really agnostics. They don't really believe. Not when it gets hard, they don't. It's easy to believe and confess and profess when there's no backlash for it. Any phony can do that. But now when there's persecution for the word's sake, what did Jesus say? That their ground is shallow, that there are many people, that the seed of the word of God has fallen into shallow earth, only into the topsoil. And when persecution for the word's sake comes, these people fall away immediately. I'm watching it. I'm watching it happen. And the other piece of ground has the thorns and thistles of the love of the things of this world, the cares and anxieties of this life, and the deceitfulness of riches, Jesus said, chokes out the word of God. And it becomes unfruitful in that person's life, and that person falls away from Christ. This is happening. This is going on right now. Is anyone looking at the cowardice? Is anyone looking at the cowardice? You know, we talk a lot about the power of God and the gifts of the Spirit and baptism in the Holy Spirit, even speaking in tongues and prophesying and healing the sick and miracles and casting out demons. And these are the things that the evidence of the Holy Spirit living within us. Well, there's another evidence of the Holy Spirit living within us. Acts chapter four tells us that the house was shaken where they were praying and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and they were filled with boldness, courage to go out and preach the word. And they weren't afraid of the consequences. Are you afraid of the consequences? Huh? I stood up in a fake church a couple of weeks ago. And I said, why are you wearing the mask of the beast on your face when you're singing all these wonderful songs about how powerful Jesus is and how he heals the sick and how he has all power over the devil? I said, you're singing all these songs. How come you have that mask on your face? Rip that mask of the beast off your face. Prove that you believe what, what you're singing and what you're saying. You know what they did? Welcome to the American church. You know what they did when I said those things? They shut my microphone off. And some sissy fake pastor got up right after me and renounced everything I said. Woe unto him. I'll tell you that. Woe unto that individual if he doesn't repent. And woe unto that church if they don't repent. People, is it real or is it not real? This is the question. God wants to know this. Is it real or is it not? Okay, is it real or is it not? And I'm going to tell you people something else. You're so concerned about whether these houses of heresy stay open, okay? which you call the house of God. You don't even have that revelation from the New Testament that we don't worship in man-made temples anymore, that we are the temple of the Lord. Most Christians and pastors don't even have that revelation. I mean, that's Christianity 101, people. We're not in the Old Testament. We're not Jews be living before Christ, going to synagogues and temples to worship, calling that the house of God, and the presence of God is locked up behind a veil and an ark of the covenant. Is the Holy Spirit living inside of you? Well, many of you, the Holy Spirit is not living inside of you. Jesus said, judge the tree by its fruit. Either the tree is bringing forth the good fruit that the word speaks of, or the tree is bringing forth the evil fruit. It cannot bring forth both, Jesus said. Paul says, examine yourself, honestly, examine yourself and see whether you really be in the faith. So are you in the faith, people? Are you going to speak the word of God with Satan's muzzle on your mouth? Are you going to worship Jesus, singing songs to Jesus with Satan's muzzle on your mouth? Well, that's hypocrisy. Either you're standing for it or you're not. So if you believe, pastor, and you believe parishioners, people who go to the church. If you believe that you sh- you're you supposed to obey God to meet and assemble, and you believe you're supposed to do, and do that in that building, then be willing to go to jail for it. Stand up and be willing to go to jail for it. Be bold, be courageous, be like Peter and John. When the authorities said to them, you will not preach in this name, we tell you, you will not preach in this name. We command you. It's a mandate from the governor. It's a mandate from the mayor. You will not assemble. You will not sing in this that cesspit called California. You will not sing in the church. Even with your mask on your mouth, you will not sing in the church. How many of you pastors are going to stand up and say, well, you judge for yourself? What is right? Whether to obey man or to obey God. I will obey God. I will preach the gospel. You want to whip me? You want to throw me into jail? Well, guess what? Maybe an angel going to come at night and open my jail cell, and you'll find me back at my church the next morning still preaching. And Jesus, you like to quote this in the churches all the time. I hear the scripture quoted all the time. It's written into worship songs. Jesus is the same Yesterday, today, and forever. Well, if that's true, then the same God that stood with his true bold believers 2,000 years ago stands with his true bold believers today. But do you believe that? Or is it just theory? It's nice to preach and get everyone worked up and praising and dancing, but how about when you really got to live it? And the second point I want to make on that, you're so concerned about keeping these houses open. So you can sing songs and continue to preach the false doctrine that most of you have been preaching and worship the idol of America. You have up on your podium the flag of the Rosicrucians and the Illuminists and the flag of Constantine, the false Catholic system, the horror that rides the beast. Both of those flags are, are uh, I- idols and abominations to the Lord. That non- none of those things are, are from, from Jesus Christ. I hate to break it to you, but I'm going to tell you the straight truth because I love you. That's what you're you're living a mixture. So I'm not convinced that God is so concerned about opening those houses so you can dance in front of the golden calf again. Have you learned anything? Have you repented of any of these practices? In all this prayer and fasting, have you gotten any words where God has told you, for instance, some of the things that I preach on a regular basis about the idolatry of the church, about the idolatry of worshiping a a pagan nation, of the idolatry of worshiping a pagan emperor, the idolatry of putting your trust in man the idolatry of you know preaching and listening to doctrines of the world and doctrines of demons following heretics, following apostates, giving them billions of dollars every year so they can continue to preach their satanic false doctrine? Has any of this been repented? Have any of you prophets out there gotten a word about that? Huh? All you prophets of Baal out there. uh, Have any of you gotten any words about that? Or you just have another prophecy about Trump? Give me a break. I challenge you to go to the book of Revelation, the very first part of the book, where Jesus addresses the seven assemblies, and show me where he gives one of those assemblies a word for or about the emperor, a word for or about the Roman Empire. Where? Where is Jesus interested in the world and its problems and its leaders and its governments I don't see it anywhere. He deals with his people. He deals with the ecclesia. That is his kingdom. Is God involved in the affairs of man in the secular world? Of course he is. We see that throughout the Bible. But it's not a mixture together with his people. Did God deal with Pharaoh in Egypt? Yeah, he kicked their asses. Absolutely. He sent plagues upon them, pestilences, killed their firstborn. Yeah, God dealt with them. Absolutely. Through his judgment. But did he do the same to his people? Were his people mixed up in the Egyptian judgments? Were they mixed up in there? No, God kept them separate in the land of Goshen. And not one plague, not one pestilence, not one sickness or judgment that came upon the Egyptians came upon the Israelites. Why? Because they were under the blood of the lamb. Huh? So are you under the blood of the lamb, pastor? Are you under the blood of the lamb, churchgoer? Or are you worried about Pharaoh and, and spending all your time praying about Pharaoh, that the right Pharaoh stays in office or the right Pharaoh gets into office? Are you praying that the Roman Senate would have the right members and do the, the right thing and so on, and that Emperor Nero will have God's blessing and so on and so forth? Where are you at? I I challenge you to run the red letters up against what you're preaching, what you're teaching, what you're demonstrating about, what you're protesting about, where you're putting your money. Run the red letters up against those things and see if it matches. Is Jesus concerned about the things that you're consumed with? Is Jesus up there with the father all day and night long talking about the Trump candidacy? Is he up there talking about the future of the United States of America? Is he up there discussing the fake coronavirus with the father? Is he up there talking to the father about Black Lives Matter? People, wake up already. Wake up. Read your Bible. Get the hell off YouTube and Facebook and Instagram with your stupid, ignorant, worthless comments that you're just parroting from some other person who has no word of God in them. And get in the word of God and ask the Holy Spirit to speak to you from the word of God. Open up the red letters. Don't even worry about the letters of Paul and all. Just go to the red letters and ask yourself, is this what I believe? Is this what my pastor preaches and teaches? Is this where my church stands? Do I and does my pastor and do my fellow church members agree with Jesus? Or have we made up our own Jesus? Okay, what did he say in Revelation 18.4? Babylon, Babylon is fallen, is fallen. The angel was flying over this religious system that I'm talking about. Okay, and he said, Babylon is fallen, is fallen. Come out of her my people there's the key he didn't say come out of her republicans he didn't say come out of her conservatives right wing bill of rights number two gunslinging people it, no he said come out of her my people and be not i want you to hear me because you are all so aligned with the nation. You're so aligned with the world powers and the world structure and the and the people of the world. You're so enmeshed. Okay, but what does the angel say? Come out of her, my people. Be not partakers of her sins. Don't partake of the things that the world says is the truth. Don't partake of the things that the world says you're supposed to be doing and the way you're supposed to behave and what's important and what's true. Be not partakers of her sins and listen to the last part of it and receive not of her plagues. So many of you, you're receiving of her plagues, even if it's just psychologically, because most of this is a fantasy. I'm not going to say there's no flu out there this year, uh, or even that they didn't put some strain into the world that's mutating, that they're trying to kill people off. That's a whole different show. Sheila's done a million of those shows to give you that information. Okay. Regardless of all that, if you are partaking in the sins of standing with the world, and their are standing with the world in their false version of, of morality, okay, and right, right and wrong. If you are judging good and evil according to the tree of the knowledge of good and evil with the worldly people, and you're living a mixture of religion and politics, for instance, religion and culture, then you are partaking of her sins, The sins of the whore of Babylon. And therefore, because you're partaking in her sins, the next part applies to you as well. You are receiving of her plagues. Huh? You see the connection there? Come out of her, my people. Who are God's people? Well, according to the New Testament, Jesus said he didn't say I will build my daughter of Baal. I will build my kieka pharmakia, the sorceress. He didn't say, I will build the whore of Babylon. He didn't say, I will build a religious system called the church and Christianity. No, that's not in the original language. Jesus said, as it's written in the Greek, I will build my ekklesia or my ekanoia. What does that word mean? It means the gathering together of the called out ones. Jesus is building a people not a system not an organization not a religious entity ruled by a religious hierarchy and human government absolutely not this is satanic in origin this is the trick that the fallen angels passed off on you so come out of her that's who i'm talking about her that's who the revelation is talking about the whore of babylon come out of her my people Who are my people? The Ecclesia, those those born of the spirit from on high. Who are those people? Revelation defines them. Those who have the testimony of Jesus, who keep the commands of this God. And listen listen to the last part. Who love not their lives unto death. Do you love your life unto death? Well, apparently you do because you're wearing a mask. You're so afraid of dying from this emperor's new clothes virus you're keeping six feet away from brothers and sisters you used to hug and lay your hands on and pray for their healing huh apparently you love your life unto death and and your life on this earth is more important to you than walking in a christ-like manner would jesus wear a mask would jesus put on latex gloves would jesus keep social distance so What Jesus do you believe in? This prince of this world took Jesus to a high place and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and said, all of these are in my power and authority. I can give them to anyone I please. Don't you want to have them? All you have to do to have them is to bow down and worship me, acknowledge me as the prince of this world, and I will give you power to rule over all these kingdoms. I have power over all the other nations. People wake up. So... If you're on the YouTube and on the Facebook and on the internet and on the television and listening to the government and listening to the pseudoscience community and, and much of the false medical community and so on and so forth, that which has been wired for sound by Satan, and that's where you're getting your wisdom, then what situation are you in? You're mainly feeding on the wisdom of the demons. So is that the wisdom you're going to follow, or are you going to follow the wisdom which is from above, which comes from Christ? This is the church. The church tries to follow both. Well, that's that's what's going on. So choose ye this day, people. Choose ye this day whom ye will serve, God or man. Not God and man. Yeah. It's God or man. The natural man of this world, receives not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him. Some of you people that listen to me right now, you're probably calling me an idiot, a fool, a whack job, huh? because I'm speaking the things of the Spirit, and they're foolishness to you, because you're an unregenerate, fallen human being who has not yet been transformed by the Spirit of God. So you're a natural man, walking in your natural wisdom from the earth, walking in your demonic wisdom, and therefore the words that I speak to you, they are spirit and they are life, but they're not resonating in you because you're still a natural man under the natural impulses, carnal, walking according to your senses, not according to the spirit of God. So the natural man receives not the things of the spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, neither can he understand them. Listen, for they are spiritually or through the Holy Spirit discerned. So which kingdom are you in professing Christian? Which kingdom are you in patriotic pastor? Huh? Choose ye this day whom ye will serve God or
0: man. So at the end here, Danny, I would love to to lead us in a prayer in the final waning moments.
1: Father, we just come before you in Jesus' name. And Lord, as I always say, and I hope that people can hear this in their hearts and spirits. We come on here, Lord, because we love these people. First of all, we love you, Lord. And we want to be faithful to you. And we want to be obedient to you to preach your word without compromise, to fulfill the calling of a preacher, which is very foreign to the culture that we live in today. That Paul said to Timothy, that he was to do the work of a preacher, and a preacher's job is to show people where their lives are wrong. This is not an easy thing to do, it's not a comfortable thing to do, but it is a loving thing to do, Lord. For you have chosen the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. So Lord, I pray that those that are listening to us tonight, first of all, would believe, if they have not believed already, that Holy Spirit, you would reveal the truth. That you would do, as Jesus said you would do in John 14 and 16, that you would convict people of their sin, that you would reveal the real Jesus, the real Messiah to people, and that you would judge the devil and his works in these people's lives. And by that, I believe you break the strongholds, the demonic holds that these demons in their earthly wisdom have over people's minds. And I pray they would be delivered right now. We break the mass trance. We break the mass brainwash. We break the prince of the power of the air's deception and false doctrine and seduction and subterfuge operating in people's emotions and minds today, and that these people would now begin to learn Christ, that they be renewed in the spirit of their mind by the washing of the water of the word of the living God. And right now, we take authority over every evil spirit, every fallen angel, every demon, every Nephilim and hybrid, pretending to be a human being in this earth and housing demons, even in high governmental positions and other uh, positions of influence in the world. In the name of Jesus, we break their power over our hearts, over our minds, over our souls and spirits, over our bodies, As I'm seeing it in my spirit, as I'm praying, the first chapter of Genesis, when you said, let there be light, that which was in the invisible realm, which was in the spiritual realm, busted through into the natural and physical realm. And in John chapter one, you said that Jesus is the light of the world and He came into the world and the darkness could not stand in opposition to the light when it came into the world. And now Jesus told us that we are the light of the world because we are his body in the earth. And we are the next incarnation. The Holy Spirit is living within us as true born again of the spirit believers. And the light is busting forth from us. And we command right now in Jesus name that the people listening to this broadcast be set free in the name of Jesus. Be free in Jesus' name right now. We break every stronghold over you right now in Jesus' name. And we say, think clearly, think independently, think critically. Do not be ruled by your carnal senses, but be ruled by the spirit of God and by the word of God. So Lord, we just give this to you tonight. And we trust you and we pray that the things that we've spoken would resonate in the hearts of our brothers and sisters, that they would hear your call on all these issues that we've talked about. I pray for a spirit of generosity and liberality upon the saints, that they would support this ministry and get behind it financially, and they would pray and intercede for Sheila, for this ministry, and for this program, and for me, and for my ministry. Right now, we break any spirit of retaliation from the enemy coming back at us for the things that we've spoken in truth and in love here this evening. And we thank you for the blood of Christ that shields us. We thank you for warrior angels round about us that protect us, and that we have all power and authority to tread on serpents and scorpions and every deadly thing we just give you the glory father in jesus name
0: amen amen i really want to thank you tonight danny for coming on and it's my hope that we can go forward and do our own ecclesia tv in north america you know link arms with you and do that
1: wonderful i'd love that sheila thank you praise the lord
0: and in the meantime, Amen. where can folks find you, Danny? Uh,
1: again, as always, my uh, website is godisnotreligious.net. Godisnotreligious.net. You'll find many resources and great teaching videos, my books, different things, reports from the mission field, and so on on there. Also, we have a Facebook page and a Facebook group. Again, God Is Not Religious, if you go on to Facebook, you can find me. You can also find me through Danny Murano. Those two things are linked together pretty much. God Is Not Religious and Danny Murano on Facebook. We have a, a great group of about 1,000 members right now. Many are committed members uh, involved in supporting uh, this ministry with prayer, uh, with their participation, and even financially also want to let you know that we have a Bible school on Wednesday evenings it takes place 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time from 8 to about 10 p.m. every Wednesday. Right now, we're going through my book, The Sinner's Prayer Gospel, and we're actually teaching about the person of the Holy Spirit. So if you're interested in the Holy Spirit, you do not want to miss that teaching. Please come and get involved in that. And also, every Sunday night, we have our Ecclesia Fellowship group that meets online. We've been doing that for about six years, and we meet again Sunday evening, 8 p.m. to about 10 or 11 Eastern Standard Time. If you go on the Facebook page you'll see the zoom link and you can just uh, click the zoom link and you can listen on Facebook. We also stream out to YouTube and you can also come into to the zoom room and be an active participant. It's an open forum. It's in more of an interactive format. So if you have questions, if you have prayer needs and it's also a literal fellowship online. We truly fellowship with one another. We love one another. We support one another and encourage one another, stand with one another. So I just encourage you to come and be a part of those things. God bless you very much. Thank you for taking the time to listen to us tonight. And again, I say I love you all very much in uh, the spirit of Jesus of Nazareth.
0: Yes, thank you so much, Danny. Folks, that was Dr. Danny Moreno, GodIsNotReligious.net do check out both his Wednesday and his Sunday night group and get involved with that. It's really, really powerful. And folks, lastly, up on your screen is the website. Please go there. Go in the giving tab and please help me meet my goal. Again, I'm really appealing to those of you out there that have the means. Please do make that commitment tonight. I'm really hoping I can count on you folks for monthly support so that this ministry can continue I love you all. Thank you so much for listening tonight. God bless.